Hello and welcome to The Chronic Glow Show. I'm your host, Amy, and I'm a mindset coach and mentor for women with chronic illness who are ready to reclaim their power, feel confident, and live life with freedom and flow. I am so grateful that you chose to listen to this episode today, so let's dive straight in. Welcome back to another episode of The Chronic Go Show. Today I have Effie on who's going to be chatting all about her own experience with endometriosis and how she's ended up turning that into a beautiful business, a mindset and manifestation business. Um, And she's going to share all of her little tips, tricks, rituals, all the rest of it. And I'm so excited for you to hear all about it. Um, So Effie, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hello, I'm Afia and I'm a mindset manifestation coach, NLP practitioner, and also host of the Manifest Edit podcast. And really what I'm so passionate about and what I love doing is to help women to normalize their extraordinary lives and to confidently create that and to stop settling for the life that's average just out of default or out of force of habit. On top of that, I do also um, suffer from endometriosis and along with that anxiety, as I'm sure many people with chronic illness know, they go hand in hand. Like it's not just the chronic illness, it's the mental illness as well. Um, So that's been something that I have struggled with since I want to say around 2011, but didn't get diagnosed until 2018. And it has really impacted my life in such a huge way from the period of not knowing what it is and trying to get a diagnosis and then thinking, you know, there's almost the kind of gaslighting relationship between doctors who are telling you like, this is fine. And you know that something's wrong. And then you convince yourself that nothing's wrong. And it kind of causes you to have this complicated relationship with your intuition because you don't trust your internal guidance system when these people who are qualified are telling you that there's nothing wrong with you. So in getting my diagnosis, it definitely felt affirming in some ways but it's also equally devastating to hear that this is what this is and for myself personally it was stage four endometriosis so that's in terms of the stages that's as as worse as it can get and it was also disheartening for me to know that it was stage four when it could have been like so much earlier at the time when I initially started going to the doctors so the way that this really impacts the way that I teach and the way that I talk about manifestation is the duality in life and the dualistic nature of things in that there is a positive and negative and we can't always be positively thinking and just like shutting out our thoughts or diminishing diminishing our experience if struggling with endometriosis taught me anything is that we have to be really honest about our experiences and really honest with ourselves and it's also about that connection to your intuition and leading with intuition because there is no medical diagnosis for intuition you know what feels right in your body and to lead with that not only in terms of your body but in manifestation as well absolutely i love how you talked about that gaslighting with the intuition because i think that's such a big thing in um, a lot of the people i come across with chronic illness is that they're gaslighted to the point it becomes traumatic, it becomes a trigger to them and and they start to feel so disembodied from themselves because they're believing what the doctors say or what Google says or whatever somebody else with the same condition says and they they don't trust what they're feeling themselves. Could you expand a little bit more on how that's looked as you went through your diagnosis journey? Yeah, so for me at the beginning, 
the first time I remember speaking to a doctor about it and they were like oh yeah and it was a male doctor and they were like you know this is just part of being a woman is having these pains because you know endometriosis pain can be linked to your periods although it's not always around the same time for me it's like throughout the month I will have that pain and so the first time uh, I spoke to a doctor about it they were like oh it's probably not not that serious and the second time I remember someone saying oh it's probably a little bit of endo but I didn't really know what that was and because they said it so dismissively I was like oh it's, it's probably not that big a deal so you kind of like when you are continuing to see doctors and you're not really getting a result you do begin to doubt like if you are making things out and obviously depending on what chronic illness you have most people most of your friends won't have something like that so you can't compare it with anyone else all you have is your own mind and when all you have is your own perception of how you are perceiving something you can doubt well as i don't have anything to compare this to how bad actually is it so i think learning that um, from friends who were kind of seeing me and talking about their experiences and this is weird for me because it's something that I obviously blocked out because I talk to my friends now and they're like yeah I remember especially my flatmates they're like yeah we remember you used to just like cry for days because you're in so much pain. I was like I don't remember that <laughs> and obviously like blocked out this traumatic experience um so yeah it just becomes like that kind of not trusting yourself and then for me what really changed was Number one, moving to Australia and getting healthcare here and seeing doctors who did actually care about how I felt and my situation and feeling really confident in expressing what I wanted from my healthcare as well. And the other thing was learning to trust that intuitive feeling that it wasn't just me being paranoid or anxious, that this was actually an indicator. It's a signal. It's something to listen to. And I think sometimes those symptoms can be a gift because they are little like warning signs from your body that something is a little bit off here and that your life is not actually meant to be lived in pain, which is what I initially heard is that pain is normal pain is not normal it's not normal to be in a constant state of pain so if you are in that constant state of pain please don't think that this this is just it for you because it isn't absolutely and and with endometriosis especially um you said that you had surgery in 2018 was it um but yes. obviously it's not just like oh you have your surgery and it's fixed it's ongoing the surgery might help for a short time but it's ongoing so what does that look like now for you so I had my surgery in 2018 and after the surgery, when I went for the first checkup, that's when she kind of mentioned that. So really, we'll know it's time to come for your next surgery when the pain is like too much to handle. We'll get you back in for the next one. I was like, whoa, what? This I've just gone through this pretty traumatic experience. I considered surgery like no matter how small it is to be a traumatic experience. And mine as well was meant to only be a couple of hours and ended up being six hours. So I was like, I don't want to do this again. This is too, too much for me. And I don't want that to be the rest of my life. Every two years coming for surgery, that's not something that I would like to do. So the first year or so was fine and then I would say after that first year I definitely did feel that pain coming back and you know at first kind of just wanting to ignore it because I didn't want to have to go for surgery and that again that being presented as my only option so I actually went to a doctor I was like look I don't want to have surgery can we talk about like what other options I do have and actually just this year I started seeing a naturopath and that has been really 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 amazing for me so our first session was just an initial consultation about my health history and my symptoms and my pain and then we kind of came up with a care plan so that's both working on gut health and then acupuncture for the pain which has also massively helped my anxiety as well so don't just think that there is only one option for how to treat your health care it's really up to you and I'm not saying that 
Western medicine is bad by any means. I, you know, the surgery that I had, they did a good job. They did what they were supposed to do. It's just endometriosis can grow back. So if you are in a situation now where you're kind of weighing up your options between like, what should I do? Or maybe I don't want to do this for my healthcare. Really look around till you find something that does feel like a fit for you, even if it takes a bit longer or if you have to put a bit of your own money into it. Because at the end of the day, like you only have one body and one experience. And for me, like my health and well-being is the most important thing and especially now I'm like this is an area that I want to be increasing my spend in over the next year because it's really important to feel as good as I can so yeah that's going to the naturopath but that's also going for massages that's also doing things that make me feel good in the day-to-day so healthcare really expands beyond just the traditional setting of you in a doctor's office. Mm, I love that I think we are told like there's one route there's one medicine there's one treatment and actually opening your mind to other possibilities I myself see a homeopathic doctor so I'm very much down like the natural route and and I have suspected endometriosis but that's kind of as far as it's gone at the moment and I'm seeing the homeopathic doctor for that and and it's working really well and it's a beautiful blend I think between the western medicine and more natural um, methods of health which work together and combine together it can really be supportive for you. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about anxiety and how that sort of came about from your endometriosis and and turning that into sort of your mindset journey as well. So I think I've had anxiety from a very young age and especially as a teenager I was orphaned at 14 so due to the fact that my mom passed away and I'm trying to go through school and go through life and really make something of myself and have all the the same experiences of my friends, but at the same time, knowing that I'm going to have to work harder to get to the same place. Anxiety has always been something that's just been there in the background. And then having this undiagnosed chronic illness at the time where I'm still trying to figure out whether there is actually something wrong. Obviously the anxiety had been heightened again because I've just felt like I was in a constant state of almost like not trusting your own body, but then also like not trusting your own mind because you wonder if you're escalating things in your head to bigger than they actually are so for me anxiety really just manifests as that constant when I describe it to people describe it as a constant feeling of like impending doom that's what it feels like for me when I'm anxious like I'm really worried and people will be like well what about I'm just like just everything <laughs> like just everything it's just you can't even pinpoint what it is you're yeah. worried about because and, it's just everything mm-hmm. and it sounds so ludicrous to people who haven't experienced anxiety but when you experience it you it's, it does, you know that it's not logical and you know that it doesn't make sense, but it just is. And I think the relationship that I have now with my anxiety is quite a healthy one because I've become a lot more self-aware over the past few years where I know that my anxiety is a part of me in some ways and that I'm not feeling shame or feeling guilt for having a mental illness, that I can look at it with love and with respect and give it kind of that safety, which is ultimately what anxiety is searching for. And obviously things like naturopathic medicine have been helping with that as well. And doing my spiritual practices, my mindset practices to really get to the root of what's going on and how I can move through that emotion in a healthy way. Mm. So talking about your spiritual practices and rituals and routines, what are your go-to things? Talk me through like your morning routine, what you, what you love to do. So first thing I do, I wake up and I just kind of amp myself up for the day, which is usually like, you're so amazing. I love you. Just like, can't wait to take on the day. And that's the first thing that I do when I wake up. And then I do meditation 
So this is something that I actually tried for the first time in, uh, well, when I was younger, we grew up Buddhist when I was younger and I hated meditation. I just couldn't get my head around it. I felt like the lack of thought was something that stressed me out even more, which is the opposite of what meditation is actually meant to do. So when I was older, I tried to do meditation and tried to be more mindful, but I always had that misconception in my mind that meditation was devoid of thought. I later learned that that's not what meditation is at all. It's just kind of that focused intention. It's that time to take for yourself. So in 2019, when I was going through a particularly anxious period, I decided to go back to meditation. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try for a week and see how it goes. And after that week, I felt so different, so calm. I was like, wow, I actually couldn't imagine not doing this. So today was day 810. I've been meditating every day for the past 810 days. And if anyone hasn't checked out an app called Insight Timer, definitely download it because it helps you track your days. And then it has guided meditation, just music, or if you want certain tones on there. I really, really love that app. So I'll meditate with Insight Timer. I find that the perfect amount of time for me is around 15 minutes. If you're just getting started, try something shorter to get your head around it and then you can gradually increase your time going up. Don't think, oh my God, I have to do like an hour's meditation. How am I going to do this? Start small and ease your way into it. And then after I've meditated, the next thing for me is journaling. So typically that's morning pages, which is a free flow, just writing whatever comes to your mind. And at the moment I'm doing um, a challenge with one of my friends. So we each write 15 prompts for the month and then we, we do the prompts for a month. So I'm doing the morning pages and then one of those prompts as well. And then the final part of my morning routine is after a shower, I'll do breast massage, which is really helpful, especially if you are suffering from a chronic illness, because it helps you feel a lot more at home in your body and in touch with your feminine side. And really just, it's also a really great way to regulate your hormones as well. So that was a practice that I learned from one of my coaches that I've begun implementing into my morning routine. And I absolutely love how it makes me feel. It's so easy to do. It's something you can do for just five minutes and it completely changes the way that you feel in your body so those are my go-tos in the morning I love that and with the meditation as well I think I I really struggle when I start getting to it because I was in so much pain I was so fatigued and I almost felt like it was a lot of effort to try and meditate like I would have to set time aside I'd have to sit and I'd have to like really try hard to meditate which completely defeats the point of it but actually as you said when you just let yourself be in that present moment and if you start for five minutes grow up to 10 grow up to 15 like it can be life-changing and it's really been helpful for me and I love insight timer so I will link that below if anybody is um, wanting (laughs) to have a look I love the fact that I'm such a habit type person I love like ticking things off so seeing those days grow it's like yes (laughs) although when you miss the dopamine hits (laughs) yeah (laughs) if I have missed a few days I'm like no I've lost the streak (laughs) and so what has been your biggest learning so far since becoming Uh, well since starting with your symptoms with endometriosis up to now I think advocating for what you want in your life and in your healthcare and seeing that you actually do get to write the narrative for your health that a diagnosis isn't a full stop it's 
you know, the beginning of a sentence, it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Whereas I think a lot of people, when they do get their diagnosis, it can be really life-altering and life-changing and you think that's it. And I think particularly as women, when you do have illnesses that are potentially going to impact your ability to have children in the future, if that's something that's on the table for you, if that's something that you do want to explore, that really can have another deep impact on you, apart from the fact that you are feeling in pain for the majority of the time. So I think knowing that it isn't the end of the line and thinking that I can advocate for my healthcare when I have clarity on what I actually want and how I want to feel in my body, then I can take that to other people who are going to help me achieve those goals. So I think for me as a manifestation coach, when I was like, yes, I'm manifesting success, manifesting money, manifesting relationships, I'm like, whoa, if I can do all of these things with everything else, then why not manifest the kind of healthcare that I want? Why not manifest feeling good in my body and at home in my body? And that's for me, definitely one of the greatest things that I've manifested is that relationship with myself. Mm, I love that and I think um that when you said sort of manifesting better health care or the health care plan that you want the better relationship that you've got with your body that's such a beautiful way of looking at it because um it's it's very easy to be like well manifestation is not going to work for health because you can't control what goes on in your body and what you're saying is well I'm not manifesting like the end of my chronic illness it's becoming more in tune with my body and finding self-love and I think that's such a beautiful way of looking at manifestation rather than looking at it from like um, material things or like success or money or whatever it might be. That's such a beautiful way of bringing that into your chronic illness. I think that'll be really helpful. So can you talk to me a little bit more about what that maybe looked like in terms of whether any rituals you did, any journaling that you did specifically for the manifestation with your chronic illness? Definitely mirror work I am absolutely obsessed with. So that's talking to yourself in the mirror or if you have affirmations on, for me, I have affirmations or little stories that I write to myself on sticky notes and I have them in my mirror and I'll look into my eyes as I'm saying them. And if you are struggling a lot with um, self-love or even body dysmorphia, having that time where you can look yourself in the eyes and say, I really love the person that's on the other side of that mirror and not just looking for changes in how you look physically but how you look internally you know that glow that radiates from your face is something that isn't really that physical it's a mental experience that you're having so getting to that relationship that you have with yourself through mirror work is incredibly powerful and it takes work it's not always going to be comfortable and it can definitely be challenging and upsetting especially in those beginning stages and when I was struggling also with depression and doing that mirror work it was definitely challenging there were days where I like felt like I couldn't look in the mirror whereas now you can't like stop me you have to drag me away from the mirror and I'm just walking past in a building so I think that's really it's really emotional for me to kind of see that shift and to see those changes and also to help other people get to that place where they're having those changes as well. And I think also in terms of self-love and building that relationship with yourself, journaling and looking at those journal entries to see how that relationship has changed. Because when we're just kind of in the moment, just in our heads, you can't really see that change. But when you're looking and you're opening up to like January, 2020, and you're seeing what you've written and you're like, this is like someone else stole my journal and wrote in it that's when you can see okay these shifts are happening I just need to be more conscious and more self-aware of what those look like definitely because the day-to-day shifts you don't necessarily notice but if I look back on where I was three years ago even it's I'm a completely different person like I had no idea like journaling mindset I kind of always did the journaling and I did mindfulness but 
not really to the extent I do now. And it's all these like little day-to-day shifts, these day-to-day commitments that you can make to yourself that actually build up to the big changes that you can see over time. And it's so beautiful. So what is the biggest thing that you want to talk about when it comes to sort of rewriting your story with you faced hardship, chronic illness, anything that you've struggled with? What, how do you rewrite your story? Tell me a little bit about that. For me, something that I noticed in my manifestation journey is that so many people when it comes to manifestation will begin with the intention of what they would like to have. And that was where I focused a lot of my manifestation efforts until I realized that actually there is a step before that. And the step before that is the connection with your higher self. And that is a connection to your values and your vision. If you don't know your values and your vision, and you're just setting these intentions haphazardly, where are you actually getting that information from? Is this actually in alignment with who you are right now or who you want to be? So going to those values and vision really allows you to rewrite your story or to build on the story that's already there by knowing what that story actually is. And values and vision are hugely, hugely personal and deeply unique from person to person. It's not something that you can just look up on Google and be like, oh, just pick a couple of values off a list. It's something that you have to question yourself. Like, what to me is my reason for living? Like, what is my core reasons for being here? And what is so, so deeply important to me? And when you know those things, everything else comes from there so when you're setting intentions and you're like i want to build my own business i'm like oh yeah that goes back to my own values of freedom that goes back to my own value of authenticity and speaking my mind and having really great communication so when you can link those things together it also means you're more likely to stay the course and continue with them because you have something bigger than just the the thing itself because what we're searching for is never just like i want more money or i want love it's like the feelings it's the state that we perceive that we're going to get from that so why do you actually want to be in that state is going to enable it to come much more easily I love that talking about the feelings and how do you want to feel rather than what do you want I think that's such a a subtle shift that you can make but it makes a big difference um so I would love for you to chat a little bit about balancing your chronic illness with your social life your business anything else obviously I think you're in lockdown at the moment at the moment but like talking about normal (laughs) normal times how is normal (laughs) who knows but how does sort of the balance in the chronic illness with or your rituals and your business and your social life and all the rest of it how does that all look together honestly now that I'm in business for myself is such a blessing because I remember in the past in jobs where I felt like I had to make excuses for why I needed time off was so even added even more to the anxiety and to the pressure especially when a lot of people don't actually know what your illness is or trying to describe it to people so now my business is literally built around when I anticipate that I may be in pain so I have no call weeks when it's going to be an endometriosis week Uh, my clients all know that I have endometriosis so they know that there may be times where I'm a little less active on socials and they're not going to expect to hear from me but I'm always going to be supporting them in different ways so that might be supporting through the Facebook community rather than a live call on this week because I'm not going to be able to sit at a table this week. Um, That also goes for my launches as well. I actually had 
a virtual event recently which I had to postpone due to endometriosis pain and I was like look I can't deliver a full experience to you the way that I'm feeling right now and people completely understood and that's also a standard that I set for myself is that I surround myself by people that get it and if someone doesn't get that they're probably not you know someone who's going to enjoy being in my world anyway because it's part of my life it's something that I have to deal with and I think it's not something that I want to hide from it's something that I talk about quite openly and quite frequently because I don't want anyone else to have to like struggle with this in silence or to feel like there's anything wrong with them or to feel like they're different or weird. I wish that there was someone that I could have looked up to who was building a business who had chronic pain at the time where I was going through all of those struggles. So for me, being very open about all of these things, be it anxiety, depression, chronic illness is important. And also to share the treatments and things that I'm using, but also to say like, this is personal to me. I can't guarantee that this is going to work for you because I don't know your health history. I don't know how certain things are going to make you feel. That's even with manifestation. I'm saying, hey, here are some practices. You are maybe going to have to tweak some things in order for this practice to work for you. 15 minutes of meditation is right for me. I can't say that 15 minutes for sure is going to be right for you. And that's where you have to be self-aware to the point where you can say, okay, I'm going to change things. And what I say to my clients is, I would love for you to challenge me. I am so open to you challenging me on things and to asking me questions and to saying that something doesn't fit. I just had a session with my coach the other week where she gave me some advice and something I'm like yeah I'm gonna take about 75% of that and that extra 25% I'm just gonna I'm gonna shift things a little bit so it makes sense for me so know that you don't have to blindly agree with anyone be that a coach be that a doctor be anyone else it's really about understanding what you want to create and living from that place and just really setting those boundaries that enables you to build that life you want because there are going to be times where your boundaries are tested or people might be like oh could I actually book a call in this week where I know I'm not going to be feeling good and I'm like no even though I'm feeling kind of okay I'm still going to say no because I have to set the precedent that that's not what I'm going to do for example also replying to messages on weekends that's something that I'm not going to reply to messages on weekends even if I do feel like it because then you're setting a standard and you're setting a precedent so you have to set those strong boundaries with yourself because it's not only a gift for you but it's a gift for everyone around you I love that you brought up boundaries it's such a big topic and um especially when you've got chronic illness you feel um I know I felt it I know my clients have felt it I'm sure you have where people because they don't understand they feel like they can come into your space when maybe you're kind of no actually I need my own space so setting those strong boundaries and as you said like setting them for yourself so don't set them for other people set them for yourself and respect them yourself because it's so easy to be like oh but I know I said that I wasn't going to do this but actually I feel like doing it today so I'm just going to do it and it'll be fine but setting the precedent like no this is my boundary I'm not going this is not okay this is how I'm going to run my business, my social life, whatever it might be. I think that's so important. Um, so with your business, how did you get into it? Like what, what drew you to the manifestation coaching and, and do you bring the chronic illness into that? Do you have many chronic illness clients or is it very much like manifestation mindset NLP? So what started me into my manifestation journey, I would say from growing up Buddhist is that I always had a kind of more spiritual lens on life and although buddhism is actually different from spirituality because buddhism is a religion and spirituality is not there are a lot of parallels and things that tied over and growing up around monks and nuns and hanging out in the monastery i realized it's not something that was normal for most kids my age so now talking about these things with my friends and i'm like they're like what <laughs> i'm like oh okay cool that was just a me thing um but that really 
made me a more open-minded person and I remember that my mom would always have like crystals around the house I remember back in the days of like the home phone she would have like home phone conferences with like Tony Robbins and things like that so I've always had my mind kind of open to things like that but it wasn't until 2015 when I joined a network marketing company and there was a lot of personal development mentorship through that a lot of learning about conscious manifestation and I was like okay let me try this out let me see if I can change a few things and then I went from the position where I was at the beginning of 2016 just feeling so incredibly miserable and just lost in where I was in my life to the end of the year having manifested all of these incredible things from my soulmate at the time to travel overseas to Australia to this incredible relationship with myself where I was like wow this is cool and then throughout my time living on Australia just even more experiences from free, free travel to meeting these incredible people to manifesting my dream apartment and initially I was writing about these things from a travel lens I've been blogging since 2012 and I was writing about things on my blog and what I noticed a lot was people were asking they were asking about confidence they were asking about the mindset they were asking how I was getting all these free trips and things like that when at the time I had like you know a relatively small Instagram following maybe like 1500 to 2000 and people were like how are you working with like tourist boards when all this is happening I'm just like because I trust because I have the belief because I know that life is always working out in my favor and so when COVID hit I had just released a solo travel ebook the I'd say a couple of weeks before everything went into lockdown I was like <sighs> um so I was like okay this is going to be something that I'm probably going to put a pause on and it's it's hard to talk about travel when you're in lockdown and you're not going anywhere so I did initially try it for a little while and I was like no this this is not this is not giving me joy right now and what I realized during that time is that although travel was the main thing I was talking about online I was doing it from a perspective of okay you pick a niche you stick to that niche and you only talk about that niche but when I thought about my life like travel wasn't actually the biggest part of my life it was just the part that I felt like I'd chosen so you have to stick with it so in realizing that I decided to talk more about what were the biggest pieces of my life the mindset the manifestation how I changed my perspective how I'd been dealing with um, my anxiety and that led me into the coaching route and to teaching other people how to create these extraordinary lives and visions for themselves because when I grew up I just wanted to you know, I had a really challenging childhood when I lost my mom and shortly after my gran and then shortly after that, my friends at school and all I'd seen around me was loss. So what I desperately wanted was to have a normal life. And this is what I would keep affirming to myself. I just want to have a normal life. I just want to have normal things. I just want to be able to do what everyone else is doing. And then the older I got, I was like, wait, I actually don't want to just do what everyone else is doing. I want to have like things that I don't see people from my tiny, 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 tiny hometown doing. I want to have like that out there life. I want to have that extraordinary life and I want that to become normalized for me. And then after normalizing it for myself, I'm like, okay, how can I help other women normalize their extraordinary visions? Whether that is moving overseas or whether that's having an extra hundred dollars a week, it doesn't matter. It's about what is important to you. So that was really how I started on the journey of manifestation coaching. And then in terms of the people who I coach, um, funnily enough, I do actually attract people who have chronic illnesses as well. So I would say maybe like 50% um, of my clients do either struggle from a chronic illness or mental illness or something like that. So I think it is something that I attract just by talking about my own experiences and people can relate to that and want to work with someone who's experiencing that also. And 
as you know, I definitely get that as working with a naturopath who also experiences endometriosis. I'm like, oh, I feel seen, right? People want to feel seen. And of course you would want to work with someone who makes you feel like that. So in terms of how it integrates with my coaching practices, I think one of the biggest things is letting my clients know that all of their emotions are valid, especially in my space, in the spirituality space. I think there are some misconceptions floating around that are potentially harmful especially when it comes to saying that certain emotions have a higher value or higher weight over the other. I think as someone who has experienced mental illness myself, who's experienced depression, there is nothing that would make me feel worse than saying this emotion is a low vibe emotion, which is ruining your life, which is pushing everything you want and desire away from you. That would make me feel terrible. So when I am talking to my clients, when I'm talking to my community, I'm bearing in mind as someone who's experienced that, that this isn't a helpful belief to say, it's also not true. So allowing people to know that yes, you can manifest the life you desire and be in pain. Yes, you can manifest the life you desire and be frustrated or angry or sad or be grieving that we are not you have to have this or this, but we are people who can have and of multiple things. We are multifaceted human beings and manifestation is a multifaceted process. So I think that is how all of the mindset manifestation work ties into the reality of health as well. What you just touched on there is um, allowing all your emotions to be valid and not having like high vibe and low vibe and, and allowing yourself to feel whatever it is because it's a balance, isn't it? Like you can't be high vibe, positive energy, positive emotions all the time. It, it's just not realistic. But if you feel guilty when you feel low, then that's also, it, it's, it's an imbalance. And it's, it's it, as you say, it's potentially harmful because people then feel guilty. And then there's even more emotions going on, actually just embracing how you feel and allowing yourself. And that's where the meditation and the journaling can come in, right? And is, is helping support. How do I feel today? How do I want to show up today? What am I, what's my energy today? It's so powerful. So one last question, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who was in, who is in a similar position as you were maybe at the beginning of your um, symptoms and your endometriosis journey? Trust yourself, trust that feeling, know you're not being paranoid, know you're not being too much, know no one's going to, people may think you're crazy, but ignore the people who think you're crazy and trust that inner feeling. And I think especially as a world that operates largely in the masculine where we're taught to favor strategy and to operate in a certain way that leaning on that intuition can feel like you're going against the status quo or going against what you're being told to do right you can't measure intuition you can't measure love you can't measure those feelings but actually those feelings are important because they're huge indicators of what's going on in your body and your intuition that connection to you your higher self your spirit guides whatever you want to call it it really is a gift. So if you are having trouble listening to that inner voice and you're wondering, is this intuition or is this fear, begin writing those things down and looking at them, maybe talking to a close friend if you don't quite feel ready to go to a doctor or speak to someone about it and say, is this normal? And I know there is a tendency to just Google things, but don't go down that Google rabbit hole because it will make you feel worse. It will make you feel like you are dying tomorrow. So don't do that. Just really just have an awareness over what your baseline feels like when it feels normal for you. And then when you're not feeling at that normal level, like what has changed and how is that impacting you in the day to day? Like I didn't realize that 
everyone else is going through their days being able to stay awake for eight hours without feeling like they might not feel asleep at any point. I was like, oh, we're not all just walking around like hugely fatigued all the time. Okay, that's the thing. So, you know, it's um, learning what is in inverted commas normal because how normal can we really be? But really just understanding what's going on in your body and paying attention to those feelings because while your mind can try and rationalize things, feelings don't lie. I absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, if somebody wants to come and connect with you, where can they find you? So you can find me at my podcast, Manifest Edit Podcast on Instagram, to underscore. And I also run five day virtual retreats teaching my method for aligned manifestation, which you can find at afiaselta.com forward slash freebie amazing i will link everything in the show notes below if you are interested thank you so much i've absolutely loved this conversation perfect thank you so much thank you so much for listening to this episode if you loved what you heard please do let me know by taking a quick screenshot and sharing it on instagram stories tagging me at chronic glow i appreciate you so much and i cannot wait to see you in the next episode